0: Shalom Malachim from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Today I'm visiting with Aaron Lansky to check in about what's been happening at the Yiddish Book Center recently. Hi, Aaron. Welcome.
1: Good morning, Emma.
0: Um, so, the first and most obvious thing is that we have 16 new students here at the Book Center. So, can you tell me about the Steiner Summer Program?
1: Yeah, the place is hopping. In fact, I hope the uh, recording will be clear because there are so many students running around this building right now. Uh, all of our Steiner Summer students arrived on Sunday and they're amazing they've come from everywhere this year Uh I think we have Hungary, Ukraine, France, Israel, the United States. Uh, Their eagerness is what's most notable. They are really determined to learn. I think only five of them are in the more advanced Yiddish class. The rest are just starting out. But they're doing so with a kind of energy and enthusiasm that's very heartening for all of us. So they should have quite an adventure ahead of them. And I should add, not only do they uh, do classroom study, but they're also working on any number of projects here from digitization to uh, oral history and a whole bunch of other things going on at the center. So, there's just a great sense of energy these days, and it's really fun to be here.
0: And who's teaching the students this year?
1: Well, actually, big news this year is that our new academic director, Josh Lambert, is in charge of the program. So he, he's uh, you know filling in as our academic director for the overall program in his debut performance. But uh, David Schneer, who was last year, uh, the academic director for the last few years, uh, is here for uh, the first three weeks of the program. He'll be teaching a course in Jewish culture and later, later uh, leading the field trip to New York City where the students go into Borough Park and get to try their brand new Yiddish out and all that kind of thing. So, uh, but but also Yuri Vedenyapin, who is one of the most brilliant Yiddish teachers I've ever known is teaching the art of more advanced Yiddish class. Uh, Rivka Margolis from Ottawa and Ellie Kelman from Brandeis are teaching the beginning Yiddish. And then we have a whole uh, list of kind of um, guest stars including Sam Casso, Justin Cami, and many others.
0: This summer is actually full of uh, programming for people who are not students also. We have most notably the Yidstock Festival of New Yiddish Music coming up in July. So can you tell me a little bit about what's on the document?
1: Yeah, that is, you know, as as people know, this is a brand new program for us. We've run the Paper Bridge Arts Festival for years, but now we're going big time. Uh, So it's a uh, full-fledged, you know, Yiddish music festival. I think we're calling it a celebration of new Jewish music. Uh, The headliners are so-called... I don't quite know how to describe this. You're probably more adept at this than I am. He he (laughs) he does kind of, you know, if early klezma was like a fusion of traditional Jewish music with swing and jazz melodies and others, uh, this is sort of a fusion of uh, Jewish music with hip-hop. Do I have that right? Yeah,
0: hip-hop, R&B, yeah, it's all all kinds of music.
1: Right, so it's a, it's, if you haven't heard it, it's really worth it. It's pretty wild. And uh, young people seem to respond exceedingly well to all of this. So we have him coming in, uh, the Klezmatics, who are one of the liveliest Klezmer bands I've ever heard, are not only showing up in person, but there's also a full length documentary that will be airing about them as, as well. A uh, bunch of other, you know, Hankus Netsky and others uh, will be here performing some, some, some of the really great musicians. And all this is kind of back to back, starts Saturday night, goes all day on Sunday. Uh, We're going back and forth between our Dreyker Applebaum Theater on the one hand And our Kligerman Grinspoon uh, Theater on the other So the audience will be moving back and forth And the place should just be really hopping I should also add, uh, we've blocked a whole bunch of hotel rooms in the area So if people are interested in coming up They should definitely call our office, let us know So we can help them with hotel reservations And we also have festival passes that will get you into everything
0: Great, and so that same weekend we actually have uh, we have a group of former students coming in. We have our alumni reunion, so it's our second annual reunion. Can you tell us why that's going to be exciting?
1: I guess the first question is why are we holding it on, on the same weekend? God only <laughs> knows, you know. But uh, so you know, our alumni have been astonishing. These are alumni of the Steiner program, uh, soon to be added to it. It'll be the alumni of the high school program that's starting this summer uh, as well.
0: And alumni of the fellowship program.
1: Yes, yes. I I have to know that. Yes, right. Uh, So this is getting to be like an unbelievable group of a few hundred breathtakingly talented young people who have trained here and gone on and made their mark in the world. People already know about some of the more distinguished, uh, I guess at this point, of our older alumni, like, oh, didn't you just interview Sarah Stein?
0: Yeah, I just interviewed Sarah Stein. We'll be airing that shortly. <laughs> in and a few and, she, weeks.
1: and her, she wrote a really interesting book, right? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm particularly interested. Uh, she wrote a book about, or it's actually she edited a book. Uh, it's a Ladino memoir, and it's huh. translated into English, and it's right up my alley because I speak some Ladino myself. So yeah, I was really excited to right. to be in touch with her about that.
1: And she teaches, of course, at UCLA, and also out in Los Angeles at HUC is Sarah Benor who did work on kind of Yiddish influences on American English spoken by Jews, Mm -hmm. and now is doing research, I think, on Hasidic Yiddish. So she's really made her mark. Jeremy Dauber, who, of course, is the head of the Yiddish Studies program at Columbia now. Uh, Peter Manso has become a very uh, well-known writer after his debut novel about his days at the Yiddish Mm -hmm. Book Center with a little bit of embellishment. And uh, so these are all kind of the stars. What people are less aware of, though, uh, is this whole cadre of younger people who have left the programs in the last few years who are already out there and doing amazing things. So we bring them together. They get to talk with one another. Uh, They stay in touch with each other all during the year through Facebook and other social uh, media. And they're just developing, you know, networking and making a difference in the world and kind of just gradually beginning to shift the Jewish conversation to include much more conversation about Yiddish and Jewish culture broadly.
0: Great. Maybe we should just talk a little bit about the, some recent interviews on this program. Um, so I know you're in New York and you interviewed <laughs> Hannah Um So can you tell me who she is? and Hanna
1: is one of the world's amazing people. She is uh, 90 years old, Selenka Jordan. And she, uh, uh, back in the 1940s, became Max Weinreich's personal assistant at the YIVO after Weinreich escaped. He left left Copenhagen uh, where he was giving a lecture, came to the United States, reconstructed the YIVO here at a time when the YIVO building was under Nazi occupation. And uh, she became his assistant, immersed herself in the world of Yiddish culture, eventually did a YIVO aspirant or a kind of fellowship program out at UCLA where she met her husband, Yosem Lotteq. And together they became two of the foremost experts in Yiddish folk song. They were called the uh, the Sherlock Holmes of uh, of Jewish music. And she has remained active ever since. And at the age of 90, she still works three days a week as the music oh. archivist at the YIVO. And it was just announced by her son, um, uh, Zalman Mlotyk, the head of the Volksbiena Theater, that they are going to be sponsoring a uh, Chana Mlotyk Jewish cultural festival in New York City starting two years from now, yeah. which will be this kind of Big kind of citywide celebration of Jewish culture every year, and what a wonderful tribute to her, to her, uh, to her legacy.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, you get to hear her sing on that interview that you did with her, which I I just found so incredibly moving. So the next thing is. Um we have Asya Weissman, who just had a baby yesterday. Oh, um, what a
1: muscle um, But
0: yeah, so Asya just had a baby, and she'll uh, just a couple months from now be joining us at the Book Center as the new director of the Yiddish Language Institute. So, um, So what's going on with that?
1: Oh, God, that is like... Another one of these amazing things that we've been waiting years for, to be able to hire a full-time Yiddish professor here who can really begin this whole range of programs. Asia couldn't be better suited for the job. You know her, Emma. She's a terrifically just a, a lovely and ebullient person. Right, uh, right. And a really rigorous scholar as well. She trained with my teacher, with Ruth Weiss at Harvard, uh, finishing the program there, the PhD program in record time. That was after graduating Barnard in three years. Uh, she told me that when she was 13 years old, she was already posting Yiddish education materials onto the web as her bus mitzvah project. Uh, yeah. She was born in Russia, grew up here. She is just spectacularly talented. So she's got this really big uh, aspiration you know, obviously she'll be teaching Yiddish courses here, including a course in the five colleges. Mm -hmm. But she wants to reach out much more widely than that. And the way to do that is through really robust online Yiddish education. This would be something that's Unlike anything that's ever existed before, uh, uh should be developing a series of very kind of high-end, high-tech, uh, thoroughly accessible and quite personalized as well, uh, Yiddish language courses that can be used literally by thousands of people all over the world. Eventually, we even hope to have versions of these in um, – not only Yiddish and English, but uh, Yiddish and Russian and Hebrew and other languages uh, as well. And then to go along with it, she's going to redo the kind of standard Yiddish textbook. You probably learned Yiddish the same way as I with Weinreich's College Yiddish.
0: Yes, I did. Yeah, so
1: that book was written in 1947. It's Mm -hmm. actually a great book. Like, it's really exemplary in so many ways, but it's a tad out of date. Yes. Uh, Not just... um, you know, pedagogically, but also technologically. So we're sort of like leapfrogging now. We're leapfrogging, you know, 75 years. And, and what Asia hopes to develop is a new Yiddish textbook that won't quite be a textbook in any conventional sense. It'll be a mm-hmm. multimedia textbook, as it were, meaning it'll be, it'll live on iPads and, and, and computers, and uh, it'll be thoroughly interactive, So instead of just, you know, reading a story, you get to listen to it being read from our tapes from the Montreal Public Library, the Jewish Public Library in Montreal, Mm -hmm. and uh, instead of just memorizing vocabulary, you get actually to use that vocabulary by kind of inserting yourself into online videos and conversations, so... Uh, I don't fully know what it's going to look like yet, and it's going to be a real lot of work to develop all this, but if anybody's got the energy and, and the creativity for it, it's Ossia, and we have fantastic hopes for it. And, in fact, I just came downstairs to do this interview with you, and what I was doing upstairs was working on our latest Gewaltgram, which is our uh, emergency communication to our membership, and we want to raise money really quickly because we're trying to raise a fund of $100,000 so that you can, can hit the ground running in developing all of these, these new projects. So... Um, It's just fun, and it's exciting, and we can't wait to get started.
0: Yeah, what a boon to Yiddish education, really.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even our listeners, you know, this is for students of all ages, not just college students and and young people, but for absolutely everybody can get in on this. So if you've always wanted to learn Yiddish and never quite got around to it, uh, this is going to be your chance to do it in the comfort of your own home uh, in a very uh, cutting-edge sort of way, and it should be great fun for everybody. So we're really looking forward
0: Great. So one of our other web projects is to get all of these tapes from the Jewish Public Library in Montreal up on the web. Um, so we, we have about 3,000 hours of reel-to-reel tapes that we got from them, and now we're digitizing them, putting them online, and uh, the first batch is coming out. So tell yes. me more about that. Yeah,
1: I just spoke with Jordan Kutzik, uh, the fellow who's organizing all this before uh, I came down here, and he told me that uh, only 10 of them are online now, but... By the end of uh, this month, say by the end of June, uh, we should have 100 full-length recordings uh, accessible. So I'll give the web address. We're reconstructing our website, so right now you can get to this directly through the Internet Archive. So if people go to archive.org slash details slash National Yiddish Book Center Audio. That's a mouthful, but it's all one word. So again... Archive.org slash details slash National Yiddish Book Center Audio, all one word. Uh, they'll have access to all of these, and it's really fun. Not all of them are in Yiddish, by the way. There are some in English as well. Mm-hmm. So i got to tell you, my, my absolute favorite one that Josh just told me about is a tape in English, which is a very spirited conversation. That's a mild word for this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really a lot of talking going on there. Between uh, the great Canadian folk singer Leonard Cohen... Melech mm-hmm. Ravich, one of the great Yiddish writers, Ruth Weiss and Adele Weissman about whether or not one can actually be a Jewish writer in a non-Jewish language, namely English wow. so people can tune into that, it should be great and I should also add that uh, Jordan's off to Montreal in two weeks to pick up the next batch of a few hundred tapes uh, Krista Whitney, the head of the Wexler Oral History Project will be going with him and she'll be recording interviews when she's up there in Montreal in one of the last great Yiddish speaking communities and and uh, there'll be loads more where these came from. So uh, start listening. You know, each one of these recordings is about an hour and a half long. So even in real time, it, you know, in real time, it takes quite a while to get through it all. So 100 should keep people busy till our next broadcast, ever, and then we'll have even more to announce at that point.
0: Okay. And uh, on your breaks from listening to all those recordings, we encourage everyone to come to the Book Center this summer. Um, so what will people see this summer if they haven't been up here since last summer? <laughs>
1: they haven't been up here since Tuesday, they're going to see a lot. I mean, the (laughs) place is always changing. We've really got a lot going on right now. Uh, Some of the highlights, though, uh, we have, of course, our brand new sculpture is in place in the front of the building, which is really quite into this 4,000. uh, pound artwork that is quite wonderful. Um, the Discovery Gallery opened. We talked about that before. I think I'd recorded an interview with Hank Netsky, mm-hmm. who, together with Krista Whitney, with they were the curators of the uh, gallery. So this is the Hut Discovery Gallery, and it's uh, full of life stories of some exceedingly colorful and interesting people. Uh, who tell their stories uh, through both text panels and uh, a loop of oral history interviews playing all the time that's changing. It's uh, really interesting, thoroughly engaging, designed by Roger Westerman. It, ju- it just looks great, so that itself is worth the trip. Plus, of course, we always have traveling exhibits here. The latest one is Alan Stavins' um, uh, exhibit based on a photo novella about the bombing of the Jewish communal center, the, the Amiya building in Buenos Aires in 1994. It's an imagined work. And it's quite extraordinary and also really interesting Plus the place is just full of exhibits now And even more than that, it's full of young people Between our college students and our high school students And our fellows and our visitors There's just an energy to it that in and of itself is sort of worth the trip Uh, Of course there are beautiful gardens outside where people can picnic And and along with the Yiddish Writers Garden There's our bookstore, which is back up and running And loads to see, loads to do We really encourage people to visit us We'd love love to welcome you here
0: Thank you so much, Erin. For all of those listeners out there, if you want more information about visiting the Yiddish Book Center this summer or more information about any of our programs that we spoke about today, you can visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org audio. I'm Emma Morgenstern. Zyme's stark and gesund, be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.